You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The addition of Soto is just so gargantuan to what they are trying to accomplish. He's going to hit the ball hard. He's going to dictate the at-bat. That one is hit to deep left center field. That ball is gone off the scoreboard. A three-run home run for Juan Soto. And the Yankees lead 7-1. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM from BetQL. Michael Kay with the call. Juan Soto's first spring training home run for the Yankees. He's doing it already. Welcome back into BetQL Daily. Live coast to coast on the BetQL Network, wherever you may be in the world, inside your Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. It's free. Download it. Take us with you wherever you go. And then download us as a podcast later to search BetQL Daily. Wherever you get your podcast, be sure to watch us as well on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash BetQL. And on YouTube, search Odyssey Sports. 20 minutes from now, Scott Smith of 4 for 4 to talk scouting combine and who we should keep an eye out for once workouts start on Thursday and especially Saturday night when the quarterbacks throw, at least the quarterbacks not named Daniels and Williams. One hour from now, check in on the latest Ken Palm 2020, what it means with conference tournaments just a couple weeks away, and then the dance as well. We'll talk to Kenny Ducey a little bit more about baseball about an hour and 20 minutes from now, but 31 days to opening day. You just heard the Juan Soto clip. ESPN recently put out a list of players to watch for each team. Uh, that may have been the, the first item we would have discussed this morning with everybody getting back together for baseball, Joe, but instead the main story from over the weekend is from yesterday in particular, Cody Bellinger back in Chicago on a three-year deal. It's technically a three-year deal worth up to $80 million, but with options after each year, it's more like a save face deal for Bellinger and Boris to get him back into Chicago for a year and then maybe hit the market again next winter. Baseball market. I feel like we're having this conversation every year. It's so strange. It's tough to project. Jed, Jed Hoyer ended up doing a very good job though. Like he, he played the game a little bit and figured there's the list of teams that can pay Bellinger. What he wants is so short and the Dodgers got the top two free agents. They give one $700 million, They give another $325 million. So were they going after bringing Bellinger back? No, there, there was really no need for that with the star power that they have in that lineup. So how many other teams are we fighting with? And I think both sides, it ends up being a win-win. Like, Belly, okay, if you're awesome again, you had the great bounce back season, we believed in you, you bet on yourself, cool. It was great for both sides. If you do it again, you can go test these waters if you can get, you think you can get more than $30 million in the following year. But if not, or if you love Chicago, $30 million ain't too bad. So then maybe he d- does it, – it could be one year, and it could be as many as three. Um, but, yeah, I mean, 
Cubs fans were overjoyed yesterday morning waking up and uh, and seeing that news because it was like, you know, the gif of the stick, do something, do something. And they weren't doing anything. And they've got all this money just sitting there. Uh, but he's it's going to be huge. So the idea is that he's going to end up being moved to first base at some point in his career full time. We're not quite there yet. They have a young stud center fielder that's coming through the system that they brought up at the end of last year. So now they're not forced to uh, to start the season and have um, him on Pico Armstrong on the opening day roster, so they can take their time development there. But you know, a lot of people viewed him as one of the top three free agents, and the Cubs get their guy back. And it's just so strange having these conversations because there are three legit top 10 free agents still out there guys like Chapman's yeah. still unsigned Snell Montgomery it's 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 ridiculous this is the only sport this would happen in well and this is the Boris effect here too Aaron this is Scott Boris trying to hold out as long as possible for his guys to get them the deal that he thinks they're worth and in this case he might be blowing it this year because the market may the teams may not be will you know it, Bellinger, if Bellinger is the case test here, then there's nothing to say that the same thing isn't going to happen to Snell, to Montgomery, to Chapman, that they're all going to have to take sort of one-year prove-it deals with options on them, you know, if they want to extend it into multiple years. Yeah, Scott Boris probably isn't happy about that because some of his other top clients, Adrian Beltre, Dallas Keuchel, Mike Moustakis, like there's – Probably, I think we're going to see more of these types of deals, right? I mean, now that this has happened, I think it could happen more with other free agents um, and doing these types of bridge deals, right? Yeah, it's it, this is what happens when you try to wait out the market, Joe. And credit yeah. to Boris. He's trying to maximize things for his clients. I don't blame him for trying to do that, but at a certain point, you lose the game of chicken. And I think the Bellinger yeah. contract, because you can't tell, you're right, like, the Dodgers weren't going to race back out to, re, to to bring Bellinger back to L.A. But I have a hard time believing, for example, a team like, say, Philly, for example, would not have been interested in adding some outfield depth and another bat to the middle of the order as they're chasing, you know, championships and what is left of Bryce Harper's prime, right? Like, that's that's there had to have been other teams interested. They just weren't interested in get, committing to guys for multiple years at Boris's price. So instead, you get a three-year deal, you know, air quotes with my fingers, but mm -hmm. it's essentially what guys like Snell and Montgomery and Chapman are going to have to agree to now too. They look like multiple year deals and the number, the big round number at the end of the sentence is a nice one that you can live with if you're Boris and you feel good about, oh, I got him an $80 million deal. But in reality, it's one more year of prove it. Stay healthy and prove it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, the, the other part of this is like some of these top names that we're talking about still out there are pitchers. And then the other wrench that's thrown in is there are situations where you have top flight pitchers that are available for the right price. But teams are like, well, we don't need to do that. We don't need to make that move right now. And I'm, I'm alluding to Dylan Cease. Like he's mm -hmm. uh, he's got that Cy Young potential. He's that good. He's going to be traded. So do you want to give the haul to Snell? Or do you want to give up a Hall of Prospects for Cease and you're not paying him all that money? Like, what kind of situation are you in? What does your farm system look like? So the, the team's looking for pitching. That's what they're. That's also what they're wrestling with right now. Would we give up our top prospects or do we want to pay Snell? Like, I know what he just did. Is he going to do that again? 
Probably not. Right. Right. I mean, Jake would say 100% not. Never, ever. Even though he's done it twice. Plus, we've seen a lot of big name pitchers like they get paid all this money and then they get injured right away and the team's left in a very bad position. Rodon. Yeah. yeah. You, you, you've got the Mets dealing with multiple pitchers out already. You know, you got, you yeah. got, got a guy getting PRP already. Um, so it's, it's yeah, I, I think if you're a team that considers yourself a contender, though, you'd be hard. And look. The Cubs, to their credit, like they waited out Bellinger. They did the right thing, especially in that division. One move, like bringing Bellinger back, is enough to win the division. I understand the Cardinals are favorites right now at 175, and the Cubs are 2-1 to one right behind them. But, like, that division is wide open. At least three teams could win it. A fourth could be a part of the conversation. And the Pirates, you never know. I mean, if, it's, if an 84-win te- team is going to win this division, Joe, anything's possible. You get hot for two weeks and you stay in the conversation until the last week of September. You know, it's funny with betting and maybe it's because of the legal markets, but that central that we're, that NL central that we're talking about, it's very popular. Like, I don't know that people have sat back and looked at it and said, okay, this is my team. Like the bets are kind of all over the place. Um, The most over tickets, number one in baseball is the Reds. And that was a team that a lot of people were jumping on last year. The, a lot of exciting young players. And so I understand why, you know, pitching the, the big concern there. But, you know, I chuckled when you said the Pirates. The Pirates are one of the most popular overbets in yeah. Major League Baseball. They're, they're top yeah. three over 74 and a half. Um, so there's, there's divisions that people are thinking, at least betters are thinking, are open. And they're trying to figure out, okay, which teams – uh, going to come up, come out of there. The Tigers have been very popular. Their win total has four <laughs> wins, two full, It's up to eighty-one and a half now. Like okay, Jake was the, just three seasons too soon. Three is it three now? <laughs> I'm never know. wrong. Just, I'm just early. In. You're back in right. though, right? Now this is a Royals account. Oh, Royals this year. Oh, okay. so we're just going to do right. random AL Central teams every year. The bad ones. I'm never wrong. I'm just early. <laughs> early. Everybody, well, uh, anybody but the White Sox is what it feels like in the AL Central. Just early. I mean, you're always, at some point, the Tigers will win. I just don't know if we'll be alive for it, but it'll happen at some point. You could just say, say I I was early. Um, Things yeah. are going well in Detroit. Just look at the Lions, you know? Right. So, but they do. Why not? They lost <laughs> Pistons. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> forget about them. Um, yeah. But it does, you know, if you're if you're not going to go out and make one of those big additions, like jump on, you know, the Dylan Cease possibility, or you're not going to jump on one of the Boris guys, like you have to have young impact players who are ready to jump into your lineup. And the Rangers are a good example of that. I think they've got two of the top four, two of the top three in AL Rookie of the Year odds right now, right? Evan Carter, Wyatt Langford, Carter's yeah, 275, yeah. Langford's 7-1, to one, Jackson Holiday between the two at 3-1. to one. Um, NL Rookie of the Year, a clear favorite is Yamamoto already at 2-1. to one. He's a different kind of rookie. But, you know, you have to, if you're not going to go out and spend the money, even if it's just for one year to bring one of these guys in, and I think if you're a team like, I mentioned the Phillies earlier. Forget, forget even the Phillies, because I think the Phillies are World Series contenders already. If, if we're talking about making the leap from, eh, we're an 85-win team to, no, we can legitimately push deep into October, 
you owe it to your team and to your fan base and your organization that if all it's going to be is a one-year commitment to one of these guys, and I'm talking about Montgomery, Snell, uh, Chapman, right? If, if you can pull that off, if you can get a Bellinger-type deal on, on one of those guys, you owe it to your team and your fans to go in on that and go from being a, a 74, 75, 76-win team to, okay, no, we're, we're an 82-win team. Maybe that's too big a leap. Maybe it's more about going from being an 80- or 82-win team to, no, we're legitimately going to challenge for our division or for a pennant. But, like, those are the moves you have to make or else you are. You're relying on young guys. Yeah. No, I mean, and that's why I'm a little hesitant on some of on some of these futures bets because that can change things. It's for one year, and now they have to prove it. Now, they, they've proved it already with their careers, but now you got to go prove it again, and you'd imagine there'd be laser focus to do just that, to get that monster payday. And, like, is this is weird to say, but in a way, not the worst thing possible, but it didn't help Snell being that good getting a contract, Right. It didn't help him like because now in his mind, this is what he is. So my money right. should be in line with that. Guys, I've done it twice. It wasn't a fluke. I did it again this year. And look at the division that we were in. And I was going against that Dodgers lineup. Look at what I did, you know, against them and all these all these other heavy hitters. And so, but the smart organizations are like, look, dude, no, I'm not. I'm not paying for your past performance. It's about what you're going to do moving forward. And we don't think you're going to get a third Cy Young. And that's very fair to say. I don't think that's really knocking him. Nah, he's not Max Scherzer when he was in his prime, right? I mean, maybe I'm just biased because of all the slander on this show, especially coming from Jake, but it is hard to believe that Blake Snell will be able to follow up, follow that up. <laughs> no, it's, I mean, it's impossible. Let's be honest. It's like almost is impossible. Is it impossible? Is it, it's impossible to replicate last year's results. Like I can get yes. on board with that theory, right? Yes. But does that mean it's not likely that he can produce something close to that? Like, okay, I'm going to have to pay you for last year. I get it. I don't want to have to pay you that much. But I'm going to pay you that much knowing that even though I'm not going to get a Cy Young Award year, I'm still going to get the kind of year that's, like I said, going to take my 82-win team from wild card contention to an 86-win team that at least in a division like the Central maybe could challenge for a division and maybe even get hot in October. Yeah, I mean, what I should, I should clarify and say, the 2-2-5 ERA part. That yeah. part ain't happening. In, in reality, was he that? No, but it's baseball and things bounce your way and, you know, the peripherals aren't the reality all the time. So, I mean, common sense. I look at the, the years between Cy Young's and, and what happened. doesn't mean he was bad. Right. doesn't mean yeah. – it just means that's what happens when you get a larger sample size that, okay, he's, he's somewhere in between. He's just had two years where everything went right for him, and he was phenomenal and, and good for him. And I, it'll be interesting. You're probably right. The, the longer you wait, the shorter the contract, or it's going to be friendly in his way, or he'll have options like Bellinger did that's probably what what's going to happen but it's just annoying as a fan of the sport because they all have money you can cry poor all you want i gotta deal with jerry reinsdorf <laughs> crying poor we can't yeah. compete because we don't have a new well, stadium yeah. no dude you have billions and billions and billions like you can 
spend money if you want to. You choose not to. Right. That's the case for just about every owner in baseball. Hmm. Yeah. I was just thinking really quick, what would the number have to be on Snell if you got like a buy low spot if he did struggle for Cy Young? Would you bet it? I'd rather be shot. 30? Oh. <laughs> we know what you think, Jake. Jeez. All right. Back into the combine since it's up and running this week in Indy. Workout starting on Thursday. Scott Smith, a four for four. He tells us who to keep an eye out for, in particular Saturday night when those quarterbacks are out there throwing. That's next on BetQL Daily. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. This is BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM from BetQL. And welcome back in live coast to coast on the BetQL Network. This is BetQL Daily alongside Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth. I'm Chris Mack. One hour from now, we dive back into baseball. Kenny Ducey of the Action Network Covers.com will join us to talk about where we're at with just about a month to go until opening day. 20 minutes from now, more NBA. 50 days until the postseason, if you count the play-in as part of the postseason, which we do. 50 days until the postseason in the NBA. But lucky enough to be joined by Scott Smith of 4 for 4. Follow him on Twitter, at ScottSmithFF, to talk about the scouting combine. Up and running in Indy today. Workout starting on Thursday, Scott, for those front seven guys on the defense. But I know most people will be focused on Saturday night, right? Quarterbacks are going to throw, except for Jaden Daniels and Caleb Williams, which is interesting because kind of opens up an avenue for that next tier of quarterbacks to maybe open some eyes on Saturday. Um, just what's your thought on what we should be looking for on Saturday? And I guess in general, how many of these quarterbacks should we be looking at outside of the top three anyway as first-round picks? Yeah, I think you can kind of add two more into the mix, and those two would be uh, J.J. McCarthy and Bo Nix. Uh, I think Michael Penix, is, it's going to be a big week for him to have to prove some things, specifically in the medical department, which we're not going to be privy to until closer to draft time. But I think those two guys get to shine front and center. I, I think Drake May is pretty much solidified as the the number two quarterback in this class. Um, and and it's it's quite shocking because I thought going into this, this combine that this was going to be a time – for Jaden Daniels to shine. I thought he was going to be able to, to go in there, show off the deep ball, which is what shines there in throwing drills, and then also be able to test and run well. The fact that he decided to kind of stand on his resume there at LSU and, and be in a more controlled environment there on his pro day is quite shocking because I thought it was going to open up some windows to, to really get some some argument for Jaden Daniels to be there at uh, the number two pick there to, to Washington. And uh, I think that window kind of shuts a little bit and you start looking at some of the, the early odds on Drake May to be the number two pick at minus 150 is what I looked at earlier this morning. And I think that's a bet that I, I might start eyeing here in the next day or two because I think Drake May is going to have a strong combine. Yeah, I mean, this guy, we're going to talk a lot about the quarterback position and I'm here in Chicago and it's the only thing people want to talk about uh, what's going to happen there with Caleb and uh, Justin Fields and the odds are saying it's it's not even close to a decision 
Uh, we'll see if that ends up being the case. I want to talk about Marvin Harrison Jr. Because, you know, his, I'd say the last 15 years or so, we're not seeing receivers go in the top three. We see the impact that they make. Um, but you'd have to go back to the days like Larry Fitzgerald, like early 2000s, um, Andre Johnson for receivers to go in the top three. Do you think there's going to be that team that is like, he's the guy, he's got the highest floor of anybody in this draft, game changer, and let's say they're calling New England, trying to get to three or, or even Washington at two to, to lock it in for Mar Marvin Harrison Jr.? I think there's some arguments that he could be there at three. Uh, you know, if you start looking at it, he's the early favorite for the, you know, as far as the everything goes to be the first non-quarterback drafted in this draft. You start looking at it, and it's really just a perfect storm for him from a talent standpoint, being that his dad was also a Hall of Fame wide receiver. So it's in the blood. And then he performed at a high level early on at a big school. So everything kind of kind of locks on and, and gets him there, but it, it's disappointing. And I think it's kind of a reflection of some of the stuff that's been going on with some of these NIL deals and, and how the college football landscape has changed. But it's disappointing that he's not going to be at the combine, not performing, not doing a lot of those things. But it also kind of is a reflection of just how strong his, his standpoint of the first receiver coming off this board in this draft. And I think you will have some teams there considering. And I even could see a possibility where New England passes on quarterback because you're going to need a very specific offensive coordinator to develop around Jaden Daniels if he's the third quarterback. So there is a scenario for a, a prospect as locked in and as clean as what Marvin Harrison Jr. is to be that number three pick. One thing I love about the draft is things can start to change as we start to get closer. And there has been some discussion about Malik neighbors being better than Marvin Harrison Jr. Could you see more steam coming on that as we get closer to the draft? I think you'll see some steam. And I, I think Malik neighbors, when you start comparing what he did at LSU to, to the likes of Justin Jefferson, you know, and Jamar Chase, he's right there in line, a little bit different player. He kind of excels a little bit more than those guys with, uh, you know, yards after the catch rather than some of the downfield stuff that Justin Jefferson, but his, his numbers and stats are right there on par. I, I think he is firmly solidified over Roma, Roma Dunze as uh, the number two wide receiver coming off the board. And, and I really think that you can start to look at it in, in New York there, you know, trying to, to build around, around what they have and, and not having wide receivers in that room. I, I almost feel like six is kind of his floor for Malik neighbors and what he does. You know, that's interesting you bring that up, Scott, because I was just going to circle back around to quarterback. Scott Smith, the four for four with us. Follow him on Twitter, at ScottSmithFF. Um, let's say there is, you know, a little bit of a, not shake up, but let's say it's not one, two, three for quarterbacks, right? Like you said, uh, New England says, well, we don't feel comfortable having to develop a Jaden Daniels. Um, and Daniels slides a little bit. Would the Giants consider, I know they say they're committed to Daniel Jones, but is it worth, you know, rolling the dice on a work in progress, maybe Jaden Daniels, and then giving Daniel Jones, hey, you got one more year, but you know this guy is right behind you, and he's coming. Um, is that worth a roll of the dice? Or, you know, with a, with a top-heavy draft and wide receivers as well, you talk about a Dunze and neighbors, um, does that just make more sense? I think when you start looking at that, if, if Jaden Daniels isn't the pick at number three, 
it, it's probably going to be Marvin Harrison. That really puts the the Cardinals in a, in a spot where they would be the team that would really control everything and be looking to, to go ahead and move that pick. As far as the Giants, I think it would make sense. I'd have to go back and, and look at the Daniel Jones contract again, but I think they kind of have an out after this year. So it would make sense for them to go ahead and, and take a swing if they they have a high grade on, on Jaden Daniels. But, I mean, I count at least seven quarterback needy teams, and I, I think you start looking at teams like specifically Oakland, I've heard, is, has a high grade and, and think highly of Jaden Daniels. You start looking at a team like that to go ahead and move up, and then you really have to start start figuring out like some of these other quarterbacks, you know, in free agency and, and, and trade, Justin Fields, Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins, and even Sam Howell. I, I don't think Sam Howell stays on Washington. I think a team will take a, a swing on him for maybe a, a late third or early fourth round pick, considering what he did, you know, this year. I don't think Eric Bieniemy did any any favors to him with the protection scheme and, and whatnot. But I, I think you're going to have some teams make some moves up to to go ahead and, and grab some of these quarterbacks. I think you'll see some trades going on. And for a team like New York, I think it would make a lot of sense if if Daniels is on the board still. Hmm. Are are you all the way in on Caleb Williams? Are you like, this guy has by far the highest ceiling, or do you have your questions? I've watched – I think all of these quarterbacks have some questions, but specifically – it seems like people are on two different ends of the spectrum with, with Caleb Williams. You hear that he's a generational talent, the best quarterback since Andrew Luck. Um, and and it's, it's, you can see it with some of the off-schedule plays that he makes and some of the things that he does. You know, how often he goes to, to his second and third process uh, in, in read, you know, is where things kind of come into to play. I think when you look at his film, and I was watching some of the breakdowns, you know, just here recently, when he knows where he's going with the ball early, it's as clean and as accurate as you, as you can get. Whenever he has to, to go ahead and make reads, it tends to come in with the scramble, some of the hero ball, and you, you just have to wonder how he's going to be able to be reeled in by offensive coordinator and be able to play within a system. Following up on that, how far apart do you think Caleb Williams and Drake May are? Because I feel like every day I keep hearing more and more positive things about Drake May. I think in the eyes of scouts, I think there's a gap. Uh, you know, I, I do. I think you're going to have some teams that that really value the off schedule and kind of reaching and, and hoping to get that next Patrick Mahomes. And, and I, I think when you look at Drake May, the way he throws the ball, he throws it effortlessly. Like, it doesn't look like he has to put a lot into it. I think as far as when you compare him to Jaden Daniels and, and Caleb Williams, I think he throws to covered receivers better. I think he's a little bit more accurate, and I think he's going to be able to go ahead and process things a, a little bit better and play within a system. Um, and, I, I, look, I, I strongly feel that he's going to end up in Washington. I think, uh, mm -hmm. you know, you start looking at Cliff Kingsbury and the connections with Caleb Williams, and it takes two to tango as far as getting a deal done. I just don't see Chicago doing it. I think they're going to go ahead and reset that quarterback salary situation and, and get some, some stuff back for fields and kind of build around Caleb Williams. But when you start looking at Washington, you have Cliff Kingsbury, who has a, a big connection and relationship with Phil Longo, who's now at Wisconsin, that coach Drake May at, uh, at North Carolina. And I think the connection there in the system that they've they both coached in and had Drake May play in, I think that's, that's going to be strongly there. And I think that's going to be the pick there at, at number two. Scott Smith, a four for four with us here on BetQL Daily. So do you believe, Scott, it's locked in? It's Caleb Williams at one uh, for the Bears specifically? Or 
do you think there's a thought the Bears trade out? Or I know you just mentioned it. There's a chance for them to sort of reset the quarterback salary structure there. Um, I don't. We'll see what they're able to get for Fields. Is it seems like there's maybe two teams in on the field sweepstakes right now. But is it locked in? Caleb Williams, number one to Chicago, definitely. I think it's one of those situations when you look at it from a team building aspect and philosophy, I think it's important for them to go ahead and reset that quarterback salary situation to, to go ahead and rebuild for the future. But also it's one of those things where it's going to take a hell of a load and, you know, to, to go ahead and trade up and give Chicago what they want or what they value for that pick. And it's also one of those things where you, you pass on a quarterback and trade out with somebody like Caleb Williams and he turns in to be Patrick Mahomes. You're going to have GMs there that are going to be looking to, to save their own neck. And if that ends up happening, you're getting fired. And it, it's, it's a move that could ruin your reputation as a GM for the rest of your career if you don't make that Caleb Williams pick. So I think when you look at job security and the way some of these front office personnel think, I, I, and just from a team building standpoint, I think it makes the most sense. And then you still, in order to trade that pick, you have to have a team that's willing to part with three first or even more. Once we get to uh, the combine coming up on Thursday, we, we've talked a lot about the quarterbacks, and that's what everybody's going to be talking a lot about in the workouts on Saturday. But what else are you paying close attention to? Any, any other things that people should keep an eye on, like whether it's strengths or the big day to watch or specific players that uh, you're a big fan of? Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. I think two things. I think in this draft, I think the strength that you're going to see lies really in the offensive tackle and the, and the defensive backs. Um, I think, you know, it's very deep. When we start getting some more lines out on a draft, we're going to start looking at some of those offensive line or offensive tackles to, you know, positional numbers to go in the first round and the same thing with defensive back. Um, as far as the combine this week, I, I think it's uh, you have to look at wide receiver. Um, that that's everybody likes to watch the quarterbacks when they're throwing, but the wide receivers are also on the field. And there's three players that I think have a lot to prove this week as far as like positional stuff. Um, the first is a sleeper. Um, that's Malachi Corley out of Western Kentucky. Um, gets a lot of comparisons to Anquan Bolden was, you know, just did everything he could do against the competition that he played, um, you know, was a focal point in that offense. I, I think he's going to be a guy that's going to be a sleeper in this draft and can really do a lot to raise his draft stock this week. But two other guys that I think that are kind of in com- in competition for where they're going to get drafted, and that's Keon Coleman out of Florida State and Brian Thomas out of LSU. I think that those two guys have a lot to prove, specifically Keon Coleman. You know, he's, he's basically a big 6'4 wide receiver, a lot of straight line speed, kind of bullies people down the field. I think they're going to want to see how he tests in, in some of these agility drills and specifically how he runs routes. And I, I think him and Brian Thomas are going to be in direct competition for uh, where they get drafted here in the first round. Speaking of the first round, is there a player that you've seen in maybe mock drafts or just people are high on that you don't think will go in the first round? I think you have to start looking at some of these quarterbacks. And Bo Nix is a guy that I'm teetering on. I've heard some scouts that that love him, that and I've seen some mock drafts that don't have him in the first round. I think it's going to be a big week for him. And from what I've been told is that he's going to really – kind of wow some of the the front office personnel with the interview process this week um he has a lot to prove as far as being out there like throwing the ball and stuff but i'm i'm still kind of you know working through some of these prospects on the bottom half of the first round i have my first mock drafts going to be out later this week so i, I don't have a, a guide pinpointed the one guy i will say that i'm high on that i'm struggling with right now is brock bowers um I think Brock yeah. Bowers is a top five talent here in this draft, but trying to slot him into to a team that really needs him and then also considering positional value and how teams value that, it's hard to really find a team within that those top 10 picks that that are going to go ahead and get him. So Brock Bowers is a guy that I think can slot a little bit, but not necessarily based on his talent, just based on finding a team that that's going to fit and value him at that high. Yeah, that's a great point. I know that's a guy we were all thinking about. I'm glad you brought it up. Scott Smith of 4 for 4. Follow him on Twitter, at ScottSmithFF. You heard him mention it. His first mock coming out very soon. You want to check that out as well. Is Brock Bowers top 10? We didn't even get to the offensive tackles. Three of them in the top 10 maybe as well. Thanks again, Scott. We appreciate the time. Thank you. Talk soon. Coming up, somebody's birthday worked out well for them. And somebody is losing value in the market. Do we ne- are we necessarily on board with why we're seeing that value dip as we're just 50 days until the play-in in the NBA? Alongside Aaron and Joe, I'm Chris Mack. This is BetQL Daily. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.
Oh, please. It's Beck UL Daily presented by BetMGM <laughs> alongside Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth. I'm Chris Mack. Uh, in 20 minutes, we dive back into college hoops. Talk about the latest Ken Palm 2020, where things sit, because we're getting real close to conference tournament time. And then 20 minutes after that, Kenny Ducey of the Action Network and Covers.com, because we're just 31 days away from opening day in Major League Baseball. What do we think of the first couple days of spring training, if they mean anything at all? And uh, lightning bets before we wrap up as well. Uh, Limited NBA card tonight. We can get into that in a minute, because at least one of these, I think, will be affected by a suspension. Uh, We'll see if that gets served tonight. But we've got two really hot teams right now, one in the East, one in the West. In the East, not surprising, Celtics have won eight in a row. In the West, Thunder have won five in a row. While you guys were out the last couple of weeks, J-Rod and I talked at length about this Northwest division, about the Nuggets, the T-Wolves, the Thunder, and how it's kind of driving. You can look at pretty much the top of every awards market right now and see multiple players or coaches, multiple people involved from those top three teams in the Northwest uh, driving the award markets, whether it's rookie of the year even, right? You know, there's an outside shot. Chet maybe if Wemby doesn't play a ton down the stretch, although it feels like Wembenyama's kind of got that on lock. Um, Coach of the year, MVP with Jokic obviously is the favorite. Every awards market involves one of those teams. And we're sitting there focusing on those three teams, but then – There's another one, another team that's value is really shortening all the way down to 475 now at BetMGM, the LA Clippers, Joe. Um, Look, first of all, you got to convince me that all three of the big three are going to be healthy throughout the postseason. Then you've got to convince me that in the first round or two, James Harden is really going to be engaged right? And that if it doesn't take getting to the conference finals for him to really totally be 110% in. I don't think we've seen that in what, four or five years uh, pre-pandemic. And again, health, hardened, engaged, and then do it consistently. Like, I don't want to turn this into a Clippers bashing session, but like Clippers as one of the favorites still does not, I know we're talking about Again, some of the teams in the Northwest I mentioned, young and or inexperienced teams in so much as they haven't done it, right? T-Wolves haven't won a playoff series in ages, and the Thunder are young and inexperienced as well. But I, I'll i be honest, outside of the Nuggets, I like some of those young, inexperienced teams more than I like, say, the Clippers. A bunch of veterans who, unless they're really totally healthy and fully engaged in the first round, could get they could get surprised. Yeah, the, the Northwest Division, your point there, while true, I also think it's random. But it's it's random because you have the best player in the world, arguably, or mm-hmm. and you, you have a team with the pedigree, and then you have the up-and-coming teams that people root for. And you're not alone. I mean, this was going on in the betting market before the season started. They were the hot team. Yeah. And a lot of times, you don't want to bet on the team that everybody else is on. But you know what? Everybody's winning those win total bets with OKC and Minnesota. That were probably the two most popular bets out of uh, that very division. And I'm with you on the Clippers. Okay, fine. You know, maybe I've been proven wrong in the regular season, but I don't expect to be proven wrong in the long haul uh, with the combination uh, of players that we're talking about. 
at some point every year we have this chat um, about the Clippers and are they going to take over? Can they put it together? Is everybody going to stay healthy? And it ends up the same way again and again and again. And, and that's where, that's where I'm at, Aaron. I'm still there. Like I have no interest, especially how there is zero value in their number. And as soon as they started to play well, that became the reality in the betting market. Like the number was smashed. Yeah, it got so short. I was surprised. Like, why? I know maybe this is the year, and we know Kawhi, if he's healthy, he did lead that Raptors team to a championship. But still, I would not bet on the Clippers. I'm not going to. And if this is the year they actually do win a championship, oh, well, I missed out. And I'm not going to cry about it. There's just so many things that could go wrong, and I wouldn't be surprised by an early exit in the playoffs, even if they do get things together in the regular season. I was looking at the record. It's been, even though they have had long stretches of win streaks lately, it's been like win-loss, win-loss, win-loss. So yeah. who mm-hmm. knows with this team? Am I wrong to doubt the Suns for some of the same reasons? Like health? engagement in a first round series like Bradley Beal hasn't played in two weeks now I know they looked good and they have looked better as of late I'm not going to argue against that but okay you beat the Lakers with a rusty LeBron out there yesterday that's all well and good it's (laughs) it's it is what it is but like I, I I still come back to okay if you have a big three you have a quality big three built like they do Durant Booker and Beal are they going to remain healthy? Beal isn't right now. Okay, fine. It's it's still February, Chris. No reason to worry about it yet. But get me to April, and are all three of those guys going to be healthy? And like I said, it, like it or not, first-round series, if you don't come prepared and somebody comes in hot, especially if it's a play-in team, and you get caught unsuspectingly, before you know it, you're bounced. And the big three that you've that you've put together, whether it's in L.A., whether it's in Phoenix – doesn't matter because you don't get to a point i.e the conference finals where they're fully and totally engaged joe yeah i mean look they could be a playing team and i'm not saying you're wrong to have those concerns about the suns but from a betting perspective it's a completely different conversation because i'm getting three times the odds with the suns that's it right like we're talking about five to one with the with the mix that we're not sure it's going to work come playoff time, even if they are healthy, versus a team that has that the ceiling is just as high, and I'm getting 16 to 1. Like if you shop around, you could find that. And now with that comes risk. You could be dealing with the playing. And you know, you're going to have probably and probably a tougher first round matchup, right? Like, so that's that's part of the number. But is there this big separation with all these teams that are, are going to come out of the play-in and four, five, six, like the Clippers, the four at the moment? I don't think there really is. Um, sometimes you come up with scenarios like, look, you really want to be the one or, or the two here in this spot. But as far as once you get top, past those top few teams, a lot, a lot they're so tight. Like, I don't think there's that big yeah. of a difference. 
I think the Suns could be an like I love the value that you're getting on the Suns. Maybe they would be a frisky play-in team that could go far, and they've certainly got the talent. When you look at the odds for NBA Finals, like I would much rather just bet the Nuggets than this ridiculously short Clippers number. But uh, I'm yeah. with you, Joe. Like the the Suns' value is pretty nice right now. I could only see that getting shorter as we get closer to the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can see that. Bucks, Bucks are at seven to one. Joe, here's your chance. Enjoy that. <laughs> <laughs> what would you rather, Clippers or Bucks? The fourth, uh, third, and fourth favorites. No, thank you. No, thank you. In those cases, like, yeah, we'll come up with uh, longer shots, and we all like the T Wolves and the Thunder and all that. And yeah, it's the worst number all year. Like, I'd rather do that. I, I would rather take shorter numbers with the Celtics and the Nuggets than yeah. the, sitting there at three and four. And I'm a guy that always tends to to look for the value, like no interest in, in three or four on the board right now. Nothing farther down either, guys. Like I, I had a thing with the Knicks, like going into the all-star break. It feels like that's cooled off and Randall. We don't know how long Randall might be out, might be, I don't know, could be surgery, who knows, but like, <sighs> The Knicks are frisky. If they, I don't know. Maybe I'm making too much out of the New York effect and all of that. But like, you get me Jalen Brunson in a do or die situation. I believe in that cat. I love I, the Knicks actually, and so does Kenny really? Ducey, who's coming on our oh, show. We but know that. yeah, they they could be in the they, lottery, and he'd love the Knicks. I mean, that's always going to be the case. Bing bong. <laughs> but yeah, no, Brunson has been carrying this team. That's the one thing that they've been dealing with injuries. Super banged up this Knicks team, but once they get healthy, I think they will yeah. be dangerous. I, and I know Detroit sucks. But I also looked at the number this morning. And I'm like, why are they favored by 11 and a half? The way no. they've lost five of the way they're playing right now, the state of the team losing five of six. Should they be favored by 11 and a half against anyone? And I'm kind of like, I want to take Detroit, but I also can't get to the window with the Pistons. No, <laughs> that's the problem. No, no, I can't get there with the Pistons. You're right. It's too much. But the Knicks at home yeah. against the Pistons, they should. Even like, are they just are they just struggling since they're coming out of the break and Brunson was dinged up? Like I could see this actually being this this may fly in the face of all logic, Aaron. But I could see this being like a little bit of a bounce back spot for the Knicks. Hey, it's a team we're supposed to bludgeon. Let's go out and 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 put it to them because they're the Pistons and we're the Knicks and it's the Garden. And they're also coming off a loss to the Celtics, so this is a great opportunity just to get your you know groove back so to speak so yeah I, but that's a big number 11 yeah Whew. i don't yeah. know i don't know if this Knicks team banged up should be favored by that many points did you guys see that that clip that i think it was a few days ago that came out with brunson um i think it was doing a podcast and he was talking about no. free agency in the middle of the year when you know luca got hurt and he was going into being a free agent and he took over and the usage was through the roof and the stats were crazy, which is how he ended up getting paid. Like they, they were talking throughout the year about, okay, let's get a deal done. He was willing to go back to Dallas and then, you know, they didn't want to talk like, ah, let's talk at the end of the season and the end of the season, wow. the number changed a whole lot. And so, uh, and then yeah. the phone wow. didn't ring. They were not interested in fascinating.
Well, they've made their bed with Kyrie. It's working out uh, the last few weeks now that he's back, but we'll see if that continues into the postseason. Kind of like Indiana, minus six, too. You can find that in spots at home against the Raptors tonight. Maybe get into some of those enlightening bets. Kenny Ducey in 25 minutes. Coming up, we dive back into college hoops. The latest Ken Palm 2020. What's it mean with conference tournaments? Just a couple weeks away right here on BetQL Daily. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.